Hello, Seattle and Pacific Northwest. At Startup Seattle, we talk to people making an impact in the Pacific Northwest ecosystem. We ask founders about how they started their journey and how they built their startups. We quiz investors on their investing theses and trends they see. We ask other contributors about their activities and how they help startups. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain. Hope you find the podcast interesting. Please rate us and support us by sharing with your friends and coworkers. Today, we welcome Ryan Dibble. Ryan is a COO and a founding member of Fly Homes. Ryan, glad to have you on. Happy to be here. So first of all, uh, congrats on the recent big fundraise. Uh, that must be good to have the validation, you know, based on the growth that Fly Homes is seeing. Yeah, it's uh, it's really a, a fantastic uh, milestone. Uh, one of the one of the things that uh, you know, coming into a, a startup, you you uh, you feel like those are like uh, endpoints, um, and then once you're really doing it, you realize that. Uh, it's, it's literally just a step and uh, you have to take a moment to celebrate and, and, and uh, feel good about what you've accomplished. But um, it really is just a tremendous opportunity for us to continue building and bring our, our products uh, and experiences to uh, you know, more clients in and, and, and more parts of the United States. Yeah, because usually those you know, big fundraisers are for growth and growth means more work uh, across the board. 100%. So you are the CEO of Fly Homes. What does a typical work week look like for you? Yeah, well, right now, uh, it, it, it looks like uh, four, to, four to five interviews a day um, where uh, we are looking to you know, add critical uh, talent to uh, to do exactly what you just talked about is invest in in growing our business. So, um, you know, part of my role is to uh, uh, focus on you know the culture of the organization, the culture of the team that we're building, and you know the the, the best uh, first way to to do that is making sure that you're recruiting and and hiring the right people um, who are here to you know join your mission and 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 push your mission forward um and uh and so i i, I spend a, a good part of uh, my time there um and then i think the second one is uh investing my time with my people um who are in charge of the the current uh critical functions that that we're, we're trying to execute and helping to develop and grow and provide vision uh, for us to, uh, you know, go and, and, and make the, the changes or the improvements or drive the growth that, that we need to in order for us to achieve our goals. So uh, one of the things, uh, consistent things that I've heard uh, many uh, startup leaders talk about is as they enter the growth phase, that they have to be more, uh, have, you know, good intent uh, state intent about culture. Uh, so is there something that you want to share about Fly Homes culture? What are some of the things that uh, inform it? And how do you, you know, as, you, as you're growing the team, 
what are some of the things that you do to ensure that that culture doesn't get diluted? Yeah, no, the, I, I think that there's one of those uh, phrases where uh, if you're, your, your culture is there, whether you're doing anything about it or not. Uh, and it has a massive impact on, uh, on your team and your, your organization. And so, you know, the way that, that we think about it is, you know, our, our, we, we recently uh, increased, you know, went over 400 people. So our, our team is getting very large, right? It's not, uh, it's not 12 of us in a room anymore. Um, it's expanded to, you know, orgs uh, rather than, than just teams in, in many regards. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the thing that became super clear for us is that if we aren't working on our culture all the time, shaping what it is, using stories, using, uh, bringing visibility to, um, you know, support the behaviors that uh, reinforce the culture um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, remove the behaviors that, that don't, um, those, it, 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 they, cre they create, they, it gets created on their own. So right. um, I, I think the biggest thing for, for us um, early on is that it's not about good intentions. It's not about, you know, just like, oh, yeah, we, we all are good people and this is what we are. What you find in business is actually you can have an infinite amount of cultures and, uh, and they can be on extremely opposite ends of the spectrum from, you know, super aggressive to super accommodating to, uh, you know, work uh, 100 hours a week to, you know, the perfect work-life balance. There's all of these different uh, components on the spectrum. And the, the truth is that any number of them or any combination of these factors can be supportive and successful of your business. It's important for you to figure out what those are and help bring those into a reality. Um, and so, you know, for, for us, the first thing was like, hey, actually this is, this is probably the most important thing that we need to be spending our time on. And we need to be absolutely intentional about the, the culture of the team um, and, you know, doing the exercise of, you know, what, what am I spending my time on? Well, let me go look at my calendar, right? Like, and, and actually figuring out what are those activities that you're doing? What are those things that you're doing that are reinforcing your culture, uh, reinforcing the culture that you want is, I guess, how I should, I should um, more specifically say it. Mm -hmm. um, and how can you do it more? Um, and uh, I, I think the second one is your uh, if you're if you're talking about it so much that it, it's uh, you feel like you're doing it too much. Yeah, you probably aren't. You probably need to do it a little bit more. It's a lot of like repetition and sort of um, you know beating the, the the drum of consistency around what your culture is. Um, and then the, the, you know the last one is like we really look at it um, that I mean we're a services business and our like our people in many regards are our most valuable uh, asset in the way that we serve clients. Um, and so you know being really intentional about you know our mission is to you know fix real estate and fix the the home buying experience and build the world's best home buying experience. Um, you know, our values are, uh, you know, very clearly defined and articulated. Mm -hmm. And, and then we need to hire people that are joining us because they are here for the mission and they are aligned to our values. Um, and they can be diverse across all other things. And we really value that. 
but they need to be here to you know drive our mission. Yeah. Uh, two is that we really focus on onboarding our our employees, and the idea is again, it's reinforcing those values and uh, and the mission and why we're here, and helping those employees ramp up as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is about you know them feeling empowered um, to be a part of the team and and progress the mission. Um, but really, it, it's it's also just all of us working on the same page and moving in this in the same direction. Um, and then investing in you know their their development and their growth uh, as a as a function of you know having happy employees and um, you know we we're in the the benefits of um, a, a real estate industry so we can use a lot of uh, fun words but uh, yeah. you know, one of the things that we talk about is is um, you know building fly homes into a place that people can call home yeah uh, and that means you know st- you know staying with and pursuing and growing and uh, and helping us achieve our mission uh, those are uh, quite interesting observations uh, uh, Ryan especially the observation that you made that there is no finish line in terms of where your culture stops or the, uh, you know, the, the efforts to inculcate and have people just, you know, um, uh, follow the cultural and the values of the company. There's no end line, you know, you just, it's, it's a constantly yeah. evolving uh, and uh, no finish line really. Yeah, that's yeah, that's absolutely right. And you, I mean, you look at uh, uh, Amazon just added two additional leadership principles, right? Like the company is twenty five years old. I I don't know how many millions of employees they have now, but they're still you know shaping and, and tuning their culture to the the phase that they they um, they they need to be. And you know, one of the ones that also is uh, all famously pointed to is uh, Facebook with the idea of like moving fast and breaking things. Uh-huh. They don't talk about that anymore. Anymore, right? Like, right, you, right. You've got this massive, like, uh, profitable company, and yeah, now all of a sudden, uh, that that value is different, and different. it needs to change. Um, and you know, our our view is that you know, really good leaders are uh, have their fingers on the pulse of what is the culture that their company needs, um, and is you know, kind of. Uh, constantly shaping. It's it's, it's hard to do, you know, hard turns in that type of thing, but, um, you know, constantly shaping it to uh, where the company needs to go. Well said. So you are a founding member of Fly Homes. Tell us a little bit about your journey and uh, any unique challenges or stories that uh, you're able to share with our audience. Yeah. Um, it, we, uh, I, I think, like like so many, uh, you know, founding teams out there, um, you know, we really kind of started our business without any brilliant ideas. Um, we what we saw is like a clear pain point for customers, mm-hmm. um, a, a clear uh, market uh, need for uh, you know technology and a different way of thinking to uh, to change real estate. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, we, we went in with, uh, a mindset of like, we don't have any answers. We don't, uh, we are, are just going to spend time with, with customers and clients and, um, and really try to listen and learn from them on what are the pain points that they're facing? What are the challenges that they're facing and how can we work to, to solve them? 
Um, and, uh, you know, it, it ends up that, uh, that ends up, it, it ended up being a, a core part of our culture, which is, you know, being, you know, obsessed with our clients and, you know, every bit of feedback and every moment is an opportunity to learn about how to better serve customers and, uh, market is, is very big. And so you can bet that if one customer is having that problem, there's a lot of people that are having that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really helped us, uh, you know, go and, and, and iterate. And we actually started our business here in, in Seattle. And, um, you know, we, uh, uh, started learning like, Hey, what are the, some of the problems that people had? And, um, what was really interesting is, um, you know, selling, selling your business early on is some of the most instructive, uh, feedback that you can get. Um, and, uh, and so again, like we didn't have a product, we just went out and started selling and trying to figure out how we can, how we can serve people. Um, and we immediately were, were turned, uh, to, uh, to, to work with home buyers. Okay. Um, and anybody who has bought a home in, in the Seattle market and probably, uh, I don't know, the last eight years or so will know that, uh, it's really difficult for buyers to buy a home. Um, and, uh, what we saw is that, you know, a, a, a traditional, uh, real estate agent and experience. Uh, is going to grab, they gravitate, the top agents gravitate towards actually listing the home and selling the home rather than representing buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm sure there's a Charlie Munger quote uh, on the, the, the value of incentives. Um, but, the, you know, an agent gets paid when the transaction closes. And when you're working in a, a, a seller's market, um, you know, you're, you're more or less able to, you know, put a home on the market and it's going to sell in seven days and then right. you're going to get paid. Uh-huh. Whereas if you're working with a buyer, you may tour that, that buyer around for 12 months. They may make six. I mean, we've had people come to us who've made 20 offers uh, where they've lost and lost and lost. And if you're a real estate agent in a, in a traditional model, you know, you don't get you don't make any money until that customer actually wins. Oh, and then by the way, that customer may choose to, you know, not buy a house. And now you've, you've spent all this energy. So a lot of, a lot of the, the top agents gravitate towards, you know, selling the home rather than representing the buyer. Mm-hmm. And for us, like a bunch, of, you know, a bunch of people that are just trying to figure out how to, how to build a business. Um, and so, but that was a key insight. Wait, whoa. Okay. 50% of the market is underserved. Like these, these buyers are like, a lot of them are, are kind of left to their own devices. Okay, let's focus there, right? right? And then, you know, using that that feedback loop with your customer of, okay, defining who we're looking for uh, and then refining and refining and refining was, was instrumental. And like to this day, you know, we've raised, I, I think it's close to $200 million of venture capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have over 400 employees. We'll probably be close to eight or 900 employees by the end of the year. And our mission is very clearly, you know, building the world's best home buying experience. And that key insight was literally one of the first like uh, uh, pieces of uh, feedback we learned from talking to customers in, you know, the first month of us uh, of this existence. So, you said that you're very buyer focused, right? You help, you know, uh, in uh, buyers, you know, buying houses. So what are some of the innovations um, that you found 
uh, that you needed to develop uh, in terms of the problems that buyers were facing. Yeah, now we are in a little bit of an interesting market, but say in a, in a normal market, what are some of the challenges that buyers face that a company like Fly Homes can solve? Yeah, so the, um, the, the, the first thing to sort of um, you know, think through is, uh, if you're a, a home buyer, you are going into a process that most people do two, three, maybe four times in their life. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, like you buy a starter home, you know, you, your job changes, you, you know, your family gets to a certain stage where you need something different. Mm-hmm. Um, you buy a, a second one, it kind of, most people kind of that sticks with and they become like empty nesters and then they want to downsize. And so, you know, maybe it's three, three home purchases your, your entire life. Um, and if you look at, uh, you know, there's not very many things that you get very good at or familiar with that you only do three times in your entire life, right? Like it is, is very easy to forget, like even something you did a year, you know, if you bought a year ago, you know, all of the little different pieces of nuance. Sure, um, sure. and, uh, and, and the, the, the truth is that buying the home is it's complicated, right? It's, there's a lot of steps. There's a lot of things to, to consider. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, what, and, and then there's a lot of people that are helping you with those steps. And that's just very confusing. Like, you know, a customer is working with a a real estate broker, that real estate broker may have a transaction coordinator. They may be working with a loan officer. The loan officer has an assistant, a processor, there's an underwriter, there's a title and escrow, there's closing, there's inspectors. There's just, there's all of these different, uh, points of, of contact. Absolutely and decision points that 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 person uh they don't know right like who should i go talk to for a mortgage who should i trust um and uh and so one of the big things that that we've uh, done is uh, is brought you know many of those services in house okay uh, to provide the customer with a unified experience so you you know you need a mortgage you can work with fly homes you need to get pre-underwritten and pre-approved you can work with fly homes. You want to go make an offer on a home. You can work with fly homes. Uh-huh. You need to, uh, you that live get in a the house home. inspected, for example, you can still work with fly homes. Uh, so that's one where we've, uh, we've put an arm's length distance, um, but okay. we, we definitely coordinate it. Right. So okay. we direct enough business that we're able to kind of use our market power to uh, drive higher quality of inspectors, uh, faster turn times, uh, faster speeds and, um, and in many cases, drive down costs a little bit. So there's a little bit of like, what do you bring in-house? What do you not bring in-house? Um, and Inspectors was one that, um, you know, we've tested. Um, and it's it's one that actually I, it, our customers find it, it's actually, they prefer it to be- An independent um, function. It, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, the the one of the things that we've innovated is bringing it in-house, right? So the, the you know, you as a customer are, working with fly homes rather than working with your real estate broker, your mortgage loan officer, your type, like all of these different counterparties, um, you have one place to hold accountable um, and, and it's fly homes. Uh, the, the second thing um, that is a really big part of our, uh, our, our value prop and, and what we believe is the, the future of real estate is that we have FinTech liquidity tools 
Okay. Um, so we enable uh, our customers to make a, a, an offer that's better than all cash. Um, close in nine days when, you know, a traditional offer may close in 30 and 45 days um, and make them really, really competitive. Um, and to, you know, your point right now in a, in a market like Seattle um, or, you know, actually any of the markets that we currently operate um, are sellers markets. And so being the most competitive um, uh, offer on all of the terms uh, can really help differentiate you. Uh, and make it more likely that you get your, your offer accepted. We, we actually had a, uh, a research report come out this morning uh, mm -hmm. that over the last uh, 60 days, the average uh, offer um, on, on the east side in Seattle that our customers participate in, there were 11 other offers. Wow. So when you're, you're, you're it's not like, a, oh, I'm going to go against like me and one other person right like right. there's 11 other offers and like your first step is just to get to the like the top two or three that they're going to consider right sure um and uh and so we're able to provide use you know fintech liquidity tools um that allow our customers to be the most competitive mm -hmm. uh, and you know that's our uh, that's our cash offer uh we also have a, a product um that's called uh, it's buy before you sell. Uh, and the idea is that you're, you know, you're a current homeowner, you need to sell your home in order to qualify for, for your next home. Absolutely. Um, it's a big hassle. Like I, we, we, I have two toddlers, uh, and the idea that like, I need to figure out how to like drop everything and pack them up somehow so that somebody can come tour my home. Oh, and I have to keep it clean. And, uh, and all of those types of things is just, uh, my my anxiety is rising right now just talking about it. Um, it's a it's just such a simpler um, uh, solution for people um, where they don't have to move out, they don't have to find a short term rental, they don't have to do all of those types of things. They can go and know with certainty yeah. uh, that their next home, they're qualified for it, and uh, and have fly homes backstop the transaction for them. Got it. Yeah, um, I mean uh, that's uh, that's an that's definitely an interesting uh, use case because. People, some people are reluctant to sell their homes because uh, sell their homes first because by the time they sell, you know the the property that they are interested in is already gone off the market or yeah. it is now not any more affordable for them because That's of right. the bidding wars. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, so it's um it's a really really um it's a really great product in terms of like enabling people to do stuff that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do on top of the fact that it's just tremendously more convenient. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, especially in markets uh, around here where, you know, going the traditional way is that you would put in like a contingent offer, right? Like, Hey, you know, I'll buy your home, assuming I sell mine. Um, and, you know, when we talk about 11 offers, I can assure you that one is the bottom of the, the pile. Of like there's, yeah, there's no absolutely. Change. Yes. So. so, what should the industry, you know, do about these uh, bidding wars? Literally, you know, because uh, what's happening is it is making housing less and less accessible. Yeah. Uh, if if somebody has to go through twenty offers twenty times in a, in a year and still get rejected, that's yeah. not a good place to be in. So. Does this situation uh, concern, you know, people in the real estate and the real estate technology industries? 
Yeah, one hundred percent. It is. Uh, uh, it is. Uh, it is one. One of the things that we're we're looking at, uh, you know, all of the time, and, and part of it is, you know, how we can help educate our buyers and help them know what they're getting into, so that they can um, they can go compete uh, as as well as possible. Um, what what we tend to see is that it is it's largely dri driven by a supply problem. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, there's just there's just not enough housing. There's just not enough options for people to buy, um, and uh, and that that is really really challenging. Um, okay. And even in a in a place like uh, you know Seattle, that is um, you know there's there's definitely some uh, bit of like. Housing regulation that's that's uh, that's a, a, a little bit uh, slow to change and slow to adapt and slow to add density. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I want to say that it was one of the it was one of the top uh, performing cities in the country um, in terms of new housing starts. Um, but most of those new housing starts were actually in re in rentals and apartments, um, which is great. Like I, it, it's a totally different like side of it. Like. The reality is we just, we need more places for people to live across the board. Um, and so, um, you know, some of them coming in terms of uh, is rentals is in, in my opinion is still a, um, you know, a great outcome, but, but really looking at um, a home ownership um, as a, you know, a critical part of a, a, a healthy city, a healthy community, a healthy uh, region and figuring out ways for there to be more opportunities for people to 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 buy and own and um, you know I I tend I'm I'm not uh, I'm not an expert on this but um, you are know, you folks I, involved at the, any any of the policy level or working with the local governments to make the situation you know better for in terms of accessibility. Right now, what we are, our, our bend on uh, accessibility is by leveling the playing field for buyers. So okay. when somebody works with us, it doesn't matter if you're 5% down or 20% down or 25% down, uh -huh. um, you're able to make an all cash offer, Got right? It. And so in, you know, in, a, in terms of like being shut out of the market, you know, we're working with, you know, teachers and firefighters and, uh, and, and people that are, you know, part of the, uh, the fabric of the community who may not have, you know, um, uh, you know, angel investing uh, capital or, uh, you know, very high paid engineering jobs at uh, Microsoft or Amazon or, or Facebook um, and, on, you know, only have 5% down. Um, well, there's like, that is a conventional loan. That is a standard part of how, you know, many Americans over the last, uh, you know, decades have, have built their, uh, their opportunity in, in owning a home. And, uh, you know, we believe that we can underwrite uh, and provide those customers with certainty to level the playing field for them to compete with, um, you know, the, the hedge funds that are out there buying up inventory and turn it into rental properties. Um, the, you know, the, the, the wealthy, uh, folks that, uh, you know, historically were the only ones that were able to use cash offers. So, um, you know, our, our, our products are, um, helping enable people to buy homes, um, and be more competitive, um, by leveling the playing field, uh, for what it means to make a, a cash offer. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of, uh, 
you know, doing, doing work on like a, a policy level, uh, we're, we're not, we're not there yet. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, over the last uh, 10, 15 years or so, there've been a number of uh, real estate technology companies, uh, that, that, uh, uh, their claim to fame is using technology to make the process better for everybody involved. So how does Fly Homes leverage technology? Um, can you give me an example of you know, stuff that was not possible to do, say, 10 years ago that we just accept as commonplace now? Yeah, yeah. Um, so a, a couple of things is uh, I wasn't working on this problem uh, 10 years ago, so... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, you'll, good you'll luck. Have to, yeah, you'll have to bear with me a little bit, but um, you know, simple things that that we see is um, you know really just like how much mobile phones have mobile phones and mobile apps have completely changed the experience, right? Like, you know, we now have customers that are you know commuting home from the the grocery store, you know, see a listing sign on the way and like pull over, get on their phone, pull up our app go in and actually request and book a tour uh, so that we can send a, you know, an agent there to meet them and, uh, and, and tour the home on the spot. And, um, you know, you know, five years ago or, or 10 years ago, yeah, the internet was, was here and, uh, you know, mobile browsers or sorry. Uh, apps were there. Apps were there, but they were very rudimentary um, and people still prefer a browser experience, right? Like, you would you would more likely to go home and pull up your laptop to pull up uh you know your your favorite real estate listing website and, and browse the inventory, um and you know mobile devices have made a huge difference in uh, speed and ability for 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 clients to participate in the process, um and and so you know what that turns into is a a much higher demand on the business right is like. Um, you know, it, it used to be that, oh, you know, somebody would, uh, a client would be pinging you between, you know, say three and five o'clock and you know, it's, they're at work and they're sitting on their laptop and that's when they're engaged. And then you kind of don't hear from them right now with a, a mobile phone, like they're, they're texting all the time. They're messaging through the, the website, sorry, through the, the application. And there, there's just a much higher demand. Um, for, for folks to have a mobile first simplified experience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all of the benefits of like, you know, location based, I'm, I'm here now, this is the path I need. We, all of those benefits accrue to us in terms of like efficiency, right? So we have field agents that are out working with customers all day, every day. Um, and we're able to help, you know, route, get them to the right places, collect feedback back faster turn that into insights for customers. Um, and, you know, none of this would have been, uh, none of this would have been possible even, uh, you know, five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, and so just tremendous, tremendous opportunities to, uh, you know, leverage uh, mobile and technology to really meet your customers where they are. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's certainly a, a big one. Um, a, another one, uh, we, I, I kind of touched earlier is uh, it's just buying and selling a home. It's complicated. Um, it's not complex. So there's, there's not a lot of like, it's not like predicting the weather. It's, there's a, there's a checklist of call it 500 standard things. And mm -hmm. on any given transaction, 
130 to 200 of them will apply. Um, and so very quickly figuring out how to take that list, uh, consolidate it down to match a specific transaction, uh, provide visibility and transparency to the, 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 the customer in a way that's not overwhelming, right? Like, you know, just imagine, imagine uh, getting a list of 200 things that you have to do and be like, oh my God, what is yeah, all going just on here? Postponing it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, figuring out um, the sort of the art and science of how do you provide transparency and clarity to, to folks about what's going on? Uh, what are the, what's the next thing that they need to go do? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, technology and simplification of a lot of the uh, innovations that have come on the, um, you know, software as a service uh, type services. Mm -hmm. um, has really made a, a big difference in, in, in how to, uh, you know, bring a digital first experience to clients right. um, that provides them simplicity, transparency, and ultimately really provides a high level of client service. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our view is that we are very far away from this idea that like, you don't need a human involved in, in a real estate transaction. Um, and, uh, and, the, the service that our people can use on top of that technology is really the, the special sauce right. um, and empowering them with the right levels of, uh, of, of information and process and tools uh, can help, help make that experience really shine. Are there any uh, early advancements in the field of uh, virtual reality or augmented reality in uh, real estate? Uh, none, none yet that I've seen that are, uh, are really compelling, um, in a, um, in a, in a mainstream option. It's, it's funny. It's, it's, it's kind of like the, um, the driverless car thing for me where you're like, oh yeah, just two years away, just two, where it's just two years away from like, we're never going to need to own cars. And I feel like I've been saying that since 2010. Right. Um, and, uh, and so, I mean, even when we were first starting fly homes, uh, you know, five years ago, I mean, I remember talking with people that were working on, you know, HoloLens and this idea of like virtually touring. Um, and I, I, I have not yet seen something that is um, a, a, a true, like, uh, immersive game-changing uh, experience. Um, but there are a number of, um, uh, it, like, I would, and I don't want to make it, I don't want to discredit the amount of work that some of these companies have done, but um, a little bit more like iterative uh, where uh, on many listings now, and one thing that we include in all of ours um, is this idea of like a 3D tour, right? So yeah, they, yeah so Matterport is, you know, kind of the, the, uh, the, the, the owner, owner of this space, but um, it's, yeah, it's, it's using imagery and, um, and cameras and technology to, to get a pretty good feel for how a home actually is before you, you go and, uh, and, and experience it. Um, and I, I mean, what we see on our, uh, on our, uh, you know, in our, our, our portals, uh, in our analytics is like that if a customer likes a home, yeah. They spend a good amount of time in that 3D tour, clicking around, turning, looking through everything before they go tour it. So okay. um, those, those types of things that I, I think absolutely help people 
come into uh, an experience and improve it. Um, there's some pretty cool stuff with like um, digital staging. So instead of spending, you know, $5,000 to bring furniture into your home, yeah. make it look really nice and modern, you know, and fancy, uh -huh. um, is that instead you, you take photos of it empty and um, for 300 bucks or $400, you know, sort of, you know, five to 10% of the cost, you, you have uh, furniture added digitally. digitally. Um, and, you know, it's like, 95%, 95, 98% as good. Okay. Um, and so, but in just in terms of like the logistics uh, of getting furniture in and out and all of those types of things, like right. um, it, it definitely can, can uh, be a, a good value add for the cost relative. But um, I, I've yet to, I've yet to see or experience something that was a, a true like wow moment for for vr or ar uh okay. in 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 the real estate experience so we've talked about uh, a number of uh, trends um you know you you said about supply problems you know being one of the main challenges now so you know there have been uh, uh, a lot of changes since march 2020 um and can you make an assessment of what do you think some of those are temporary versus what you see are permanent trends that will, you know, that are here to stay in the real estate uh, industry? Yeah, that is a, that is a great question. Um, and we are, we are definitely still in the early stages of knowing what that, that looks like. Um, I, I think one of the, the things that really surprised us um, was we had this idea that we needed to meet our customers person like physically in person uh -huh. um, and it was like a key part of our um you know sales motion is like we want to we want to meet the customer um and you know go through an onboarding experience and, and educate them on the market and who we are and that value of being in person is just a tremendous uh part of the the experience of, of fly homes um and we were, we were really worried actually uh, when the pandemic came, it was like, you know, are we going to see like a big drop off of like our customers actually sticking with us um, as we transition to Zoom? Um, and we, we found exactly the opposite. Uh, it's, it's absolutely as effective to talk to somebody in a Zoom meeting um, as it is to, to get them in person. Um, and, uh, and so that was... Uh, that was one that I, I think is it's super clear to me that um, you know, most most uh, people in the market will will be a lot more digital first. Mm. Um, they're not going to drive across town to go meet you in your real estate office. They're not you know they're not they're not going to go do all these things because they can get just as much value in in, in um, you know, having a conversation with you um, via via Zoom. Right. Um, the, the, the next one um, that I think is, is absolutely here uh, to stay is that idea of, you know, leveraging, you know, those 3D tours, leveraging, um, you know, video tours. So, you know, one of the things that we, we do offer our, our, our clients is, hey, you know, you're out of town, you're not going to be able to tour it in time to get the process started to make the offer review deadline on Monday. Mm -hmm. um, let us, you know, send somebody out and we can either, you know, live FaceTime you uh, and, and walk you through the tour. 
um, but many, many people, a lot more than we expected, were, were actually very comfortable making an offer on a home and buying a home, even though they've never seen it. Never seen, okay. Yeah, and you know, those, that was another one of those, um, you know, to kind of show you how much I know, um, it would be like, oh yeah, like unless you're an investor, you're there, we're not gonna see clients in any meaningful volume that would buy a home without without seeing it first um and uh you know i've seen some surveys uh and our customers are certainly not this high but you know upwards of 60 percent of offers um at, at certain points were people who had never seen the property right so like there there there's some pretty big outliers in the in the data during the pandemic and right um but the 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 reality is that the percentage is probably 10 or 20 times greater than what i would have expected uh -huh. um, and it'll be interesting to see how that, how that changes, um, uh, and, uh, how much of it, um, you know, as the pandemic eases, people are probably more keen to visit homes and, you know, the physical one and probably, you know, that, that stays there for a while before, and then it changes back to the virtual, uh, visits later on, right. As people, as we get more yeah. and more normal. Yeah, that's right. There's a little bit of like, uh, yeah, you walking around Seattle at some points, you're like, is it like spring break weekend here? Or like what's going on? There's so many people like out and it's like, no, they've just been locked in. They've, you know, they've been uh, separated from people. And so they're just excited to get out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. The, um, with the, the other part is just like as workforces transition from being like in the office, in the office to this idea of more hybrid or work from home. I think it's allowing people with great, like greater flexibility to go different places. So, right. you know, I, I don't have to live in Seattle. I can live in, you know, Wenatchee. Well, okay. I don't want to drive over to Wenatchee all the time and tour home. So, you know, maybe I, I, I'm more comfortable buying a home there um, without seeing it first, um, mm -hmm. just because of the logistics of it. And that, you know, becomes a larger share of the overall uh, behavior um, and therefore influences it higher. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot that we we still don't know um, with how people are gonna gonna, right. gonna change coming out of the pandemic. Um, but we we certainly think that many of the um, many of the, the innovations and changes in customer behavior mm -hmm. are are here to are here to stay and, and certainly at an elevated level to what they were prior. Got it. So um, uh, I want to ask you this question. Let's say that somebody is just, you know, on their first job out of college and eventually, you know, they want to own, own a home, but as they see the market now, they get scared, right? Yeah. So what are some of the things they can do uh, both in terms of in thinking about this problem uh, as well as taking uh, real steps for that home ownership? What are some of the things that, uh, that you have seen and you want to advise people that are in that context? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, the, the first is I will, uh, I will not do justice to uh, all of the co content that we've created on our, on our website and blog to, to help people um, do that, for that, that exact thing. And, um, uh, you know, our, one of our sort of internal uh, mantras and part of our culture is being the, the first, the first step for every person in their home buying experience. And so, you know, sometimes that means you're three, five years away. 
Yeah. Um, and so uh, we've, we've spent a lot of, of time uh, creating content uh, for people on this specific topic. And so um, the, 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 the first thing uh, that I would recommend is, you know, buying a home kind of comes down to this concept of like credit income and assets mm-hmm. um, and making sure that you um, can kind of check the box and get a foot in the door uh, on all three of those dimensions. Um, and, uh, and, and figuring out your path. So one of the things that I think is most important is to understand your credit score um, and understand, uh, you know, to A, one, or one, know what it is. Right. Um, and then uh, figure out if, if it's adequate or if, it, if it's not and, and needs to be improved. Um, and then start taking steps to, uh, to improve it. Um, we do see a number of uh, people that um, just don't, they're, they're just not educated on, on what it is. And yeah. they come in to, to buy a home and we're like, you don't have any credit history. Like we're not, it's gonna be really hard for you to find a mortgage. And you know, the, a lot of these people are very like accomplished and successful in their career already. So mm-hmm. um, I would say understanding your credit score, um, understanding that it is a tool um, to help you be more successful in buying a home. Um, and you should think about it as a tool. It's not like a, uh, it's not a reflection of uh, uh, your, person, you as your person. personal worth. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, We're, we'll have people. It'll be like, oh, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to have my credit check because uh, I don't want to have a negative impact on my score. And it's like, okay, well, what's your score? And they're like, oh, it's eight twenty. Okay, like your credit score is so good that like. You have you you like have to fall so far before it has any material impact, and it's like uh-huh. you know it's not a credit score is not a is not a, an end game, right? It is not a, a it it is a tool, right. um, and so use it uh, accordingly. Uh, so I would say that's the that's the first one. Um, the the second one um, is just understanding your goals um, and understanding, and that's both like where you want to be in your life, where uh, you know is. For example, is Seattle the place for you? Are you uh, an engineering an engineer who maybe wants to move to the Bay Area or move somewhere that is is different? Do you want to go to a place where you can re- be remote and live um, live wherever you are? So just understanding what your goals are and your mm-hmm. your timeline mm-hmm. um, would be a, a next one to help you hone in on um, you know what are what how much down payment do you need to save. Uh, where are the opportunities to get additional down payment? Um, and what is the in, what 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 kind of income do you need to support the payment that you're 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 looking for? Um, and and starting to to really focus on that. And like there's the the truth is there's a lot of great options. One of the mistakes we see people make is that they assume that they need to have 20% down. Well, right. You know, 20% down on a median home in 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 Seattle is you know, $160,000. Like that is a, that's a lot of money that most people would really struggle to save in a decade, let alone uh, in, a, in a timeline um, that would help them get into a home. But the reality is there's lots of options for people at 5% down, 3% down, 3.5% mm-hmm. down um, to help you, you know, carry, help you get an entry point and get a foothold in the market um, that can be really, really beneficial. So um, that's kind of the, the, uh, the, maybe the 25,000 foot view of, of where to get started. 
Okay. Okay. So uh, Ryan, you know, you are in a, a hot industry right now and you said you had two toddlers. So how do you make time for hobbies or act other activities? What do you do outside uh, your work? Yeah, I, this is one where I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not the most uh, interesting uh, person on the planet. Um, I, I, I do spend most of my time, um, you know, with my, with my family. Um, uh, my, my two boys are, are three and two. Um, and uh, they are a full-time uh, job. Full -time job. You, you can't, it's like, you can't even take your eyes off of them or they'll be like climbing up a tree or hanging off a fence. So um, most of my free time uh, outside of work is um, is really spent uh, with them, and uh, I, I don't have a uh, a lot of uh, exciting uh, uh, hobbies anymore. They've uh, they've all been kind of put on the shelf. So yeah, um, I think one of the things that I'm um, I'm, I'm personally focused on is uh, you know just all of those things with with to do with health and how um, it can it can sort of help. Power, um, uh, power, power you to be better. Um, and so, uh, you know, working on my, my fitness and working on uh, better and easier ways to, to keep our family fed uh, healthy foods. Um, and, uh, but, but other than that, it, it's really spending time uh, with the family. Good stuff. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's no compare or equal to that uh, aspect of life. So, uh, Ryan, um, I want to thank you for the time uh, that you've taken to come onto this podcast and share your insights about fly homes and about the real estate industry and the trends. And I hope to talk to you maybe later next year as we hopefully navigate out of this uh, pandemic and things start returning to a little bit of a normal. Absolutely. Thank, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thanks to you for tuning in. We always like to hear feedback from you. You can tweet to us at Carabiner Media One. That is C-A-R-A-B-I-N-E-R-M-E-D-I-A and the number one. You can also send us email at startupfeedback at carabinermedia.com. We hope you share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and also rate us in your favorite podcast platform. See you next time.